Welcome to the Paul Williams podcast. This week, it's my great pleasure to have as my guest Ian Dempsey. I've been a huge fan all my life. For, for the best part of almost 40 years, he has been part of all our lives here in Ireland, whether we were kids or adults, but as a DJ and a long-suffering minder of those aliens, zig and zag. And of course, today he is the very famous uh, breakfast show on Today FM. Ian Dempsey, we're here in your studio. Paul Williams, how are you? I'm great. I actually just came up here to have a look around, and this is a ni much nicer studio than ours in News Talk, I can tell you that. It's um, nice, isn't it? Yeah. And so, actually, the lighting on the Today FM, where it's coming from behind, it actually warms up the studio for it us does, as well, yeah. not that you need it at the it's moment. It's very, very nice. I have to say to you, you know, um, to start with, and thanks very much for meeting okay, me. No I'm problem. greatly honoured. Now, if I start interviewing you, yeah. because that's what I'm used to doing, okay. please stop I'll me. I'll start doing Mario Ross and stuff yeah. and put on all kinds of different <laughs> um, I, I have to admit, uh, the, the, the reason I do these podcasts, apart from get paid a few bob every now and again, but uh, is that I get to meet people that I admire and like. And so, have Paul Williams, are you saying that you you uh, I've been admire. a fan of yours. Really? I, in fact, I, I met uh, Mark Cagney, and the reason I met Mark Cagney and interviewed Mark, apart from knowing him through our business uh, last year was for a podcast, was because I used to go to sleep with him every night uh, when you night in the 78, 78 yes, don't be looking at me train, like that. Yes, yeah, night yeah. train, <laughs> and uh, you know, I used to listen to you back in nineteen eighty. Yes, that's when I joined. And your voice has never changed, RTE. has it not? Maybe get a little bit deeper, deeper, maybe, deeper, deeper, maybe, yeah, 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 yeah. But you're in. You're sitting behind the microphone since you were nineteen. Yeah, and in, even before that, about seventeen in the pirate stations. When I, I used to work for a station called Capital Radio on Bachelors Walk, uh, Capital with an O as opposed to Capital Radio, which became FM one hundred and four. Uh, and uh, yeah, I've just I, it was always my dream. And I mean, I, I've won a, as a child of sort of five, six, seven. I used to make little radio shows with my friend, and we actually have some recordings of those shows from back in the day. Have you because ever is played that, them anywhere? We've played them. We played them a little bit of them once and uh, a little bit embarrassing but kind of cute actually though. everybody loves your, that infectious uh, laugh of yours and the, the sort of a upbeat tone I, I told you the story before about being with, in the group of big pile of soldiers in, the, in a van one time heading off to run up the mountains about 15, 16, 17 years ago and they were all listening to you yeah. and they thought this guy like there was, and I said, this guy has got his it made because there's 20 soldiers here and they're all mad listening. They want to listen to this guy. Uh, what what you have to say? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I mean, people have said that to me about my laugh and they said that it's kind of quite infectious. I don't, I don't do it. I don't say I'm going to do one of my laughs now or whatever. It's just, if I find something funny, I laugh and I laugh genuinely, genuinely and, and heartily. And, uh, and, uh, I, and uh, thankfully I work with people who make me laugh. So you yeah, know. but you're also a bit of a closet sort of, um, closet, what? Uh, a closet, a closet. Let me, let me try, try to find the words here because <laughs> I'm up so early this morning, like yourself, uh, and my brain doesn't work for you. You're a closet, uh, Comedy writer, because you you work on. The, I noticed this when I was watching that bloody television program that the, you guys did. The Mario Rosa talk show. Yeah, yeah. And I discovered. I saw a character, and I said, "Where did I see that little bollocks yeah. before?" <laughs> um, but so you're writing. Um, yeah. You write the scripts as well with Mario. Well, yeah, myself and Mario collaborate quite a lot, and we do it on the stage show as well. And to be honest with you, when I moved in here into Today FM, I uh, met Mario for the first time, and he was doing a little bit, but he wasn't doing that much. And we 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 kind of sparked with each other quite well and uh, ever since then there's it's a kind of a marriage without mm. the 
the you know what mm-hmm. business that you have to do when you're married. You're both red blooded uh, males, you're saying. Exactly, okay. yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, okay. uh, so we, uh, but we we have great fun. Uh, like we go into a room together and we start talking about something. Something will come out of the room and it it will be funny in our world anyway and thankfully a lot of other people think it's funny too what I have to say what I find fascinating about it is Mm. that uh, you hear you guys with different gift grub uh, sketches whatever you want to call them in the mornings but you've turned around a major major story you've Mm -hmm. digested it You've understood it. You've broken it down to its components, par- component parts. Then you've taken out the bits to make them understandable to the punter, but also in a very funny way. And, and then exaggerate them. And exaggerate them. Like, that's a real skill. That's a serious yeah, well, we're in, we're in a good rhythm. And I mean, most times, we're, I'm talking to you now at a quarter past nine. Thankfully, Mario has gone off on a week's holidays to Portugal. So uh, I, normally at this time, I'm meeting with Mario and we've, we're, we're chatting about the next day. And uh, one of the uh, another member of the team, either Charlie or Sean, is in as well. And we're saying, what's going on? What's what's on? Mm. Body and Soul is on this weekend. Leo Varacker's in London, whatever, you know. So, mm. like, for example, he started talking about it being a great thrill to be in Downing Street because it reminded him of the Hugh Grant movie, uh, Love Actually the other yeah. day and so we did a thing this morning whereby it was it wasn't the first movie like he also the revenant reminded him gave him a thrill that reminded him of the revenant something else reminded him of show me the money and uh, well, that was a gift that was, that was a gift good. to mario rosen yeah, yeah. that, that yeah. new t-shirt <laughs> yeah exactly oh he's brilliant yeah. to be honest with you though when enda kenny came along we said oh god what are we going to do with this guy because he came across as being a little bit vanilla so to speak, you know, boring, uh, sort of, yeah. But but uh, but we made uh, we made something out of him, and uh, it's uh, and he was he was a great character, and he was very good on the stage show, and he was very popular with people as well. So, but and I mean, people said as well with Bertie Ahern that that Mario uh, personally kept him in 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 uh, office because he just made him into this kind of cuddly little character that people kind of liked the chancer ability of him and all that kind of biz, you know. So the two you become good mates, and you could because yeah. you do you just mentioned a stage show the TV program yeah. and the, the, the radio yeah, yeah 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 no no we're we're great friends and we've well I think we understand each other uh, but I think it's good to have the other element we always have one other member of the team in on the on our meetings for the radio as well and uh, it's good because you get another angle coming into it because I suppose if if we if we get to know each other so well that we kind of can almost anticipate what we're going to say and then you stop coming up with new ideas but but it's going it's it's brilliant at the moment and we're really loving it you reminds know? me so, of another famous uh, uh, radio comedian who was used to be here in personator who was totally different Stuart Carlin do you remember oh Stuart oh yeah I asked about because Stuart did that some mad stuff like really risky oh, crazy. Yeah, yeah, edgier yeah. seat stuff yeah ours is, um, is is more harmless harmless it's kind of a bit of fun it's more exaggeration it's more cartoonish Stuart well you're dr- doing mad. the drone over my voice I don't know if it's that yeah. harmless at all I've been very wounded by it you pair of bastards <laughs> do you put a drone underneath your podcast every yes, week as well yes <laughs> I do <laughs> What's your favourite clip, by the way, of Gift Grub? Um, well, I, I do like uh, a lot of the Bertie stuff. I loved when he won the uh, he won the lottery. Uh, I love when he got a he got a taxi because Michael O'Leary had. A, remember, he got a taxi so he could use the bus mm. lanes, and uh, uh, Bertie decided he was going to go down that road as well. He was always a very good character. I think Leo's going to be brilliant, and I like Pascal Mooney as well. I think Pascal Mooney, or not Pascal Mooney. I keep calling him Pascal Pascal Donahue. Pascal. Uh, he's Pascal. He's he's great and a very uh, able. Uh, politician oh, we've had him down we've had him on News Talk Breakfast yeah. on a number of occasions if people want to listen to serious radio yeah. in the mornings but he does um, he does tweet very, into nice our man. show as well
well. Yeah. So obviously he tweets in and sometimes, and he knows his music. He knows what he's talking oh, he does, about. And he's, he's very well read too. LCD stance, it's the man there, you know, all this kind do of stuff. Ever, <laughs> way, do you ever meet any, of course, now I asked Mario this last year, but Mario was in a sort of a different element when we talked to him. I think he was in a different stratosphere. Uh, I can't remember now, <laughs> but it was wild and mad. I think he was trying to do an impersonation of the monk shooting me at one stage. But oh anyway, my God. Was, but, <laughs> Uh, do you ever meet any of the politicians and they say to you here Dempsey yourself and Ralston Stark are taking the right piss out of us here now. no I think I, it kind of reminds me of back in my den days when I used to be on TV with uh, Zig and Zag and Dustin and all that you know people if it's a little bit like uh, complaining to a to a puppet you know, it, it just wouldn't really go down that well and you'd look a bit stupid. So they don't. They they just kind of give you a knowing smile and, and, and say, oh, yeah, I heard about that or I heard it or somebody sent me a tape of it. They've never heard it live because it's real. Oh, I wouldn't be listening to your show now. I'd don't be going into the door. I'd be listening to, to, to Paul stroke. Williams downstairs oh, yeah. all the time, you know, uh, the serious shows. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so, uh, but but they do hear about it. But uh, yeah, no, a few people have complained. I think sometimes people's families and they, they like I remember, I remember Ronan Keith Eating. He was okay about it, but his family thought, you know, we were getting the digs in at him. But uh, he ended up calling his boat fair play, which was one of the, <laughs> you know, he came in and told us about it. He was fine about it, but uh, I think at this stage he's, he's come to terms. And sometimes if you confront it, it kind of diffuses it slightly and we kind of stop doing it. We don't do Ronan that much anymore because, you know, he, he's, he actually embraced it and he said, ah, oh, this is great crack, I don't mind. So that's the key if there's anybody listening out there who so doesn't want to be like done it. anymore. If they start saying they like it and it kind of takes the good out of it for Ian us. Ian, I you know. absolutely love the way you really? okay. I just love the drones. We've only I, started with you, I Paul. We've only started with it. you. You scummy scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about uh, puppets, zig and zag. Yeah. I used to watch zig and zag. Uh, really? Are you I that was, young, are you? No, no, no. I, I, let me explain. Uh, I used to watch zig and zag. I used to watch Alf when I was in my 20s. Oh, Alf was great. And yeah. I was working in the Sunday world in yeah. Dublin around 87, 88. Yeah, yeah. And we used to actually, all the adults used to sit in and watch zig and zag. Yeah. And it was actually, it was brilliant TV but it was hugely entertaining to mm. adults maybe because we were a bit childish or something yeah. like that or well yeah they used to say that third level students used to watch it a lot and I mean they'd, when the half hour programs came on they'd turn the sound down but then when the, the zig and zag bits and the live studio bits came back on they'd be up because there were kind of two levels there was a level of colour and noise that the, the really young kids liked but then there was some subtlety going on as well with what zig and zag said and I mean there's all kinds of myths going around that uh, you know they you know they said certain things on the the air and this kind of urban legends about what they said about policemen and members of the force and they'd never actually said that and people keep telling me and at this stage I'm sick of it because I just kind of say yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that was great wasn't it you know but it never actually happened you know the way kind of these myths kind of build up around certain yeah, yeah. things you know people misinterpret exactly or, yeah yeah they think they've heard something yeah. and they're sure absolutely 100% sure but they actually received wisdoms are much more yes, uh, much exactly. more entertaining yeah. than yeah. having learned them yeah. actually that's what I remember with Zig and Zag it always looked like the one thing about you is that, and and as I say, you're one of my the people I admire. So I'd get that out of the way, and make you feel embarrassed. I, I, this is but the biggest thrill of the week for me. That that's great. You're yeah. telling me this. Yeah, well, it, he, when, you can you can do the eulogy at the funeral. Um, <laughs> but but you had this, you were that friendly persona exactly as you are now uh, on TV, and you were sitting there, and. I can a whole generation of kids watched you and Sing and Sag. First of all, there was this totally unpredictable uh, sense of there could be a car crash here any minute. <laughs> Isn't that right? Yeah, and actually, it was one of the few live TV shows, and there was only one camera as well, so there was no escape. So I mean, it was very, very primitive. It was a tiny little room. 
probably around about the size of this room we're in right now. Uh, and there was one camera pointing at us. There was no man behind or woman behind the camera. It was just fixed camera. So any movement, had to, you had to move into the shot mm-hmm. if you wanted something. And, and it was live, totally live. So anything anything could have but happened. But it was zigzag you know? and dust in those days, wasn't it? Zigzag. Well, zig and zag, first of all. First of all, it started with me on my own. Then we, after a kind of a season, we decided we needed some somebody else. So we got these two aliens to come in. And then RTE decided we can't afford to have all these guys here. So one of them would come in one day and another one would come in another day. So Zig would be on a Monday, Zag would be on on Wednesday. And then that we kind of needed to bring that. So I think on Friday then we'd have the two of them and the, the Friday was brilliant. Yeah. Uh, so then we decided, okay, let's get them on all the time. Uh, so I don't know what the what the deal was done. And then Dustin was introduced. And I remember the day when Dustin came in because people think it was that was a Ray Darcy thing. Dustin was introduced on my watch um, and it was... Uh, I remember when he came in, we actually had the, the the puppet. I hate to break anybody's illusions, but <laughs> we had the puppet sitting there. Uh, and we said, okay. Bursted my balloon already. What will we call him? So between us, we came up with the name Dustin Hoffman, based on Dustin Hoffman, mm. because he had the big, long hooter. You know? yeah, yeah. So, so that was Dustin. So he was going to be called Dustin. And then we said, will he have... Uh, an American accent like Dustin Hoffman or will he have a Dublin accent and just before we went on air we all said okay let's have a vote on it and we said okay let's go with Dublin so imagine if we we had decided the other way and it was I don't think it would have worked as well to be honest but it was a real spontaneous show you were a couple of hours you were two hours plus weren't you we were three hours yeah we were three to six and uh, we had all kinds of things we had a a, a panda who used to sit in the background all the time and just every now and again out of the blue somebody would say keep it down Ted (laughs) you know and and at the end we also had this thing whereby there was a, a sofa that we all sat on and at the end we'd you know, you would just go to an empty sofa, and the sofa would talk. You just talk to the audience out there, and basically saying, "Effectively, your man's arse has been sitting on me all day." Type of thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but but that time it would have been, I suppose, logistically, it would have been a very cramped. Oh, okay, totally, one camera. Yeah, yeah. Because let's say, put it this way, now that you've burst everybody's bubble by saying that they actually were puppets, yeah. from they weren't real creatures from space that I yeah. thought they were, yeah. but they have two special helpers who have their hands up their jacksies, so that's to speak, to keep them the, the, animated. Well, listen, right? I'll leave you with that theory, if that's your so, theory. I mean, So you could have two or three people down around your feet. You could, and also they were quite prolific and uh, they used to write books and they used to be coming up with other ideas and doing albums and all that. I remember being in there once and it, they were actually drawing the drawings for their book and when they were, when they were, they were drawing with wet paint and then they were hanging the wet paint they're hanging them along the kind of the wires basically mm. to dry them in the heat of the studio. So, I mean, at one stage it looked like a flat in, you know, Naples or somewhere like that with all the washing hanging out in the line and everything. It's mad. But it, it was great fun. The fact that you have always been in the business that you're in and you love it, the fact that you spent so many years in kids' TV, I think that's one of the reasons kept you so young, Dempsey, obviously. But do you find that a whole generation, like... It, it, I suppose from, from me growing up, I like nostalgia and TV. And mm. nostalgia is big business, of course, mm. the music yeah. business, because there's the soundtracks to our youth. Yeah. There are the programs that we used to watch when we were kids. And we all, if what I'm trying to get at, I suppose, in a very inarticulate way is that we develop, as children, uh, up to a certain age, we develop a very intimate affinity with the person who was entertaining us. I wanted that, that's what I'm coming to. You have a, hu- a whole very very large cohort of Irish adults who grew up 
enjoying your company. And, and do you, do you yeah, see? Do you, I mean, do you I, I know, still? I know what you mean. And there is a certain warmth when I meet people anywhere at all. There is a certain warmth that people remember. It. And so, thankfully, I haven't been kind of uh, besieged by uh, trolling or that kind of thing on Twitter. Or people are genuinely quite nice about it. But I would always regard myself as, you know, like I mean, back in the the, the days, somebody like Jerry Ryan, highly opinionated, say this. I would never do that kind of thing. So I'm kind of somewhere in between. And sometimes I feel I wish I was a bit more outspoken or a bit of a bit no. more kind of no do you know what I mean that yeah. every now and again but uh, but there is great warmth and I remember at one stage it doesn't happen quite so much now because the years have gone on but at about maybe 10 years ago if I went down into Temple Bar in Dublin basically they were the people that grew up mm. on the den when I was on it and they're now out having a great time so suddenly it's like well, Justin Bieber has arrived do you know what I mean yeah. it's mad <laughs> but, but those people are listening to you now yeah stayed, know, well you? hopefully yeah touch um, wood but uh, you know the we were talking to oh yeah one of the things I wanted to ask you about uh, you left RT in 1998 and if I remember correctly you were the first of the brave because nobody ever left RT. No high-profile people ever left RT before that. Mm. Now, since then, you well, had... Well, Ray Darcy left, and he went back again. He was the boomerang effect. Yeah. Pat Kenny leaving. We were talking to Lucy Kennedy last week. She was telling us the same story, yeah. you know, her leaving. Was it, number one, a big decision for you to leave? Because Montrose was a very comfortable place for you. It was, and I've been back there on many occasions. And when you go back, what what I the, the scary thing is that you sometimes see the people that you saw before out there, but they've just got older, but they seem to be doing the same things. Mm. And they seem mm, to be yeah. walking down the same tracks. And I'm kind of glad that I did. And, and it's worked out very well, thankfully. And I remember at the time when I left the den and just concentrated on doing other things uh, that, RT television were also saying <gasps> nobody you can't be leaving mm. programs like this we you know we've got your bloody name on it like mm. I think after that they said we're never putting somebody's name on it again so it didn't become Darcy's den or it didn't become you know anybody else's den so they just say just let's call it the den so uh, although they, they brought Darcy back and gave him his own name on the door they, on the they show did, they did they did uh, yeah. yeah so they've obviously got probably because I reckon he's not going to come back here again <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to change his mind yeah. again he's, he's running out of options now at this <laughs> stage yeah but uh, you know but but then when I left RT no I mean they've always been very was nice was there bad blood was there bad I blood? don't think so I mean like I think um, one or two people were saying that that I uh, had made a mistake and that uh, they uh, you know they kind of wrote me out of history like but uh, it's um, that's, that's business isn't it I mean I always think that it's, when you're in a high profile job like this if I was leaving an insurance company you know you, you get a bit hurt about somebody mm. leaving or whatever but it doesn't become a big story but it wasn't such, an easy know? transition for you because you were there from 1980 so you were yeah. there 18 years yeah. but you have but I'm here longer now yeah you're here longer yeah, yeah. which is gas and uh, and people uh, still say to me how are you getting on in that new place because <laughs> you still sound you see you oh. still sound new you still, you still sound, ah, you still like, sound like you're just out of the rapper but <laughs> you, when you <laughs> described before you said it was heartbreaking for the first four months um, when you came here uh, I said that did I yeah you said did that I? before and you said you were quite unhappy with it and I suppose uh, like, here yeah really? you said it in the past but obviously it was it was a big big transition yeah. from public broadcasting to private broadcasting. Yeah, well I mean it was and there was there were great headlines and it you know I got 
front page here and Eamon Dunphy was saying this guy knows more about radio than I'll than I'll, you know, all this, all this kind of stuff. you know so um, and and then I kind of when I got there then the honeymoon was over after about two hours and yeah. suddenly you say so what do I do now so you had to kind of re-establish yourself and also find new friends find new people that were able to work with you uh, and find a chemistry because it's very important that you get the, the right chemistry as you know only too well from you know immersing yourself in the wonderful world of radio tell, you know it takes a while tell me this um, I don't have as much fun. You want to talk about Alan Quillen, do you? you? Hmm? Do you want to talk about Alan Quillen, do you? Can you do, Quinny? No, 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 no. Mario can, though. Can you say? He, uh, yeah, he, does, he does them too. Well, Mario, if you're if you're listening, okay. uh, maybe you give us a call. Uh, <laughs> tell us to do about. Um, uh, you took me. Uh, oh, yeah. What's it like getting up in the morning so early? And how many years? Uh, you were doing it before. Mm-hmm. Were you doing it in RT before? Yeah. I was, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was doing it, and then I went on to lunchtime. And then I went back to breakfast again. So I've been on breakfast like must be about thirty years. Or so you, for thirty years yeah. you're getting up at what time in the morning? Five o'clock in the morning. For thirty and I get, years. I press asterisk five five asterisk oh five hundred hashtag on my phone every night, and that's that wakes me up at five o'clock in the morning. And I think it costs about sixty two cents a night. So I've spent a fortune on but those you know what you alarm clock calls. Get an iPhone. Get an iPhone. <laughs> I do the alarm. I'm yeah. only doing this since, since September. Yeah. And I don't think I will ever get used to it. Right. I was getting up at half four and I decided to have a sleep in. Screw yeah. this. I'm going to get up at five from now yeah. on. And like, and I've been talking to Mark Cagney about it. And he's got a very philosophical about it. He's been doing it for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. And he seems to like, but do you ever get used to it? Um, I'm kind of used to it now. I think my body is used to it because my parents would te- would have told you that you know back in the day when I was living at home that you know if I didn't have to get up I'd be still in the bed at three o'clock in the afternoon and I think I might you know this has kind of saved me in a way because uh, I I jump out of the bed every morning. Uh, I've described myself. Are you in good myself. form when you wake up I'm in the morning? Very good form. I don't have to talk to anybody. The first person I, try I normally not to talk to, to anyone for the first hour. Yeah, exactly. And then you get in here and you say hello to a few people, but um, and then obviously you have to go on and talk on the radio <laughs> but uh, so uh, but uh, I, I'm kind of used to it now do you and look he, forward to coming to work every morning I do and I mean that's I mean I, that's a weird thing as well I find that kind of a bit strange that that I actually do and I, I wake up in the morning and the first thing I think about is oh yeah we've we're, we're, we got Brendan Gleeson on today brilliant I'm looking forward to so it's not home, it, it has never become humdrum no uh, just, no and I mean I've often it's just functional thing you have yeah, to do every day oh, yeah God. and I've often said to myself oh uh, like I mean if I start feeling like that it's time to either move on or to change what I'm doing or change the time slot or something like that but I still wake up and say I like the idea of people waking up in the morning and their brain is kind of empty all the stuff has come out all the crap and so you can start inputting again into their brain you're, you're, you're talking about filling shite into people's brains or this, <laughs> is that what you're saying like, because get, later on in the afternoons they're kind of saying oh, I've heard that already I've heard that and I mean the way the world is now with Twitter like I mean nearly every time I listen to the news I'm kind of saying yeah I know that yeah I know that I know, yeah. I know that Yeah, yeah. It, all, yeah. It, those dynamics are changing yeah. but I think yeah. radio is still very much a personal experience yeah. it's a connectivity between you and yeah, your yeah but it has to, it's, it's had to change I think so that you're kind of you're, you're, you're uh, embellishing stories you're making them kind of you're giving more opinions on, on it you're giving more information about things people have already heard or you know you're getting interaction and connection from other people and so that has changed mm. have you said that in the past um, uh, and I, I'm laying this on my producer here that you know that 
do, that people tend to prefer to hear male voices on radio than female voices on radio. Oh, there's your controversial now, question. Now there that the leave insert season is over, let's compare and contrast, yes, Mr. Dempsey, on that right. particular subject. Um, I would think that. Well, I mean, if you look, there's a lot of very successful um, Irish. In Ireland, I think it's different. Um, uh, Irish female broadcasters, both in the pop music world and the kind of current mm. affairs world, if you take somebody like Marion Finucane, mm. uh, if you take somebody like Mirren O'Connell, who's on our, our station here, I think is absolutely brilliant. Alison Curtis, Paula McSweeney. There's lots of women actually on Today FM. Mm. And uh, I think there are quite a few on News Talk too. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't think, I don't know. I mean, I think there was, there's was there been scientific research done. And I think that because women would, by nature, have slightly more high-pitched tone that sometimes that can just uh, be great no well I, that's your but word Jerry Ryan was here he said great my <laughs> friend G-R-A-T-E <laughs> yeah but uh, listen I, I think it depends it's I don't think you can make any sweeping statement about that see this is me I'm Mr. Middle of the Road here <laughs> I, I'm good I'm I'm I, I know that you've had some health issues. You're, di- yeah. you're diabetic. You yeah. discovered in 2004 yeah. you were yeah. diabetic. Has that ever had an effect on you? And you're, by the way, you are looking very slim and trim. You are Thank one you time much. a bit heavier. Yeah. You have no grey hair. I'm no, just I, trying to look yeah, closely yeah. to see is there any... Well, my dad is, is 88, right? And I can't... His, my dad's hair is like yours. Grey. No, that's not grey. That's, 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 that's fair. You know what right, I mean? And... Right. and uh, and, and he's so got you, a good fine you, you head of hair as well. You can't abuse anybody, so you yeah. can't. You can't even abuse. You can abuse me. I spend two hours every morning getting battered around the place. <laughs> call me, so you know you can give it to me too. Ah, uh, sure. What's the point? <laughs> <laughs> but tell us, no, tell us about yeah. how you, seriously. Was that a big knock to you? How did you discover you were diabetic? Uh, well, I discovered it when I was in France. I was on holidays and I was going to the toilet a lot, and then I was also drinking a lot of water. You know, just mm. and then I was also sweating a lot, and then we went back to Orly Airport because we were going, I think, to Portugal after that, uh, and that sounds all very posh as if we were going all over the place. But it just worked out that way. We were going mm. to friends, and then we had to go, uh, and I was in Orly Airport, and we had to actually take a towel out of the the suitcase to dry me off when we were standing waiting. Yeah. So I kind of said, "There's something up here." I thought it was very warm in France at the time, and I thought maybe it was the heat, but then it wasn't really. Uh, so. Uh, I went to the doctor and uh, they. <laughs> I thought he said I was dyslexic. <laughs> he said no, you're diabetic. <laughs> so uh, uh, I, uh, I, I just he, I, I was in the in Blackrock Clinic for about three or four days and they set me up and I think I'd they were going to send send my results to the medical journal or something because they said it was sky high and my cholesterol was sky high as well uh, and they so said you're, we you haven't. Are an accident waiting to happen. We might not have the pleasure of your company today. Seriously. Uh, well, yeah, back then, yeah, but thankfully now it's under control. And but were you close? Did they ever say to you you were close to death? Uh, no, you were they close didn't. To a they, major they, crash? They, they, well, they, they they probably said I was close to maybe going into some sort of a coma thing, you know. But uh, but I, I had too much um, too much uh, sugar, uh, and it was just they said it was unbelievable, and they even said you know the way they say it's type two diabetes, so they kind of say uh, oh it's it's lifestyle and whatever, and it probably was a little bit of lifestyle, but they said that this the levels were so high that it wasn't lifestyle, it was something some sort of chemical sort of interaction within my body, so. 
Strange apart one, from drinking you know? water, are you fond of a few pints? Oh, I love the old pints, yes, very much so. And I, and you know, I can still have a few pints. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I can also still have one of these things that you very kindly brought me up there. One I brought you Caffrey's uh, snowball. Snowball. I got yeah. them free this morning. They've been from they, a, they a haven't changed top. their logo in about seven hundred years. No. I mean, they're still the same. There. I still love Emerald yeah, Sweets yeah. as well. So you can still yeah. eat some sweeties. Listen, they said to me, they said uh, it's it, you know uh, moderation in everything. First of all. I suppose eat early in the morning, and the, and I said, what can I not eat, and what I can, what can I eat? And they said, there's nothing you can't eat. So that's what they said. I mean, if there are any other diabetics, and you take the there, injections, say, you get the I, t- I have to take an injection. And other people say to me as well, uh, only type ones have to do the injection, and I keep saying that to my professor over in Black Dog Clinic because I go over every six months, and uh, he says. Uh, I said, what's that? And he said, you've got type 2 diabetes, okay? But you have to take... So I take this... It's a very small amount of insulin. I take it at 5 o'clock. It's one of those 24-hour mm. things. And I stick it into my stomach. Uh, and it's the highlight of my day, really. <laughs> but you're, you're a naturally very positive person. I am, yes. And on our show, we always try to be positive about things. And I mean, sometimes it's it's not that easy to be positive. But And sometimes it can be irritating to people who are not in a positive view mm. to hear somebody being mm. chirpy and positive. But anyway, that's, but you're that's a my ticket. But you're a naturally positive guy. You were, saying, you were trying to say before we started this. Yeah. Oh, I'm boring. I don't yeah, say anything yeah. controversial. But yeah. like, you know, that that's good too. Where do you get that bounce from? Um, or do you ever? Uh, here's another question. Where do you get the bounce from? And also, do you ever get pissed off and depressed and down? And uh, say, oh, I do. Yeah, Jesus. sometimes I do. Yeah, I, sometimes I get very kind of dark and uh, well, you know, probably when I'm at home and you know, probably my family see it more than anybody else. Sometimes you you start looking at what's going on and like one of the things that's really getting me down at the moment is the whole idea of this kind of copy and paste culture that there's very few people who are actually coming up with new. Uh, kind of writing and journalism and whatever it's kind of if somebody sends a press release you copy it out you paste it down stick it on a thing read it out in the radio put it in your newspaper put it, you know what I mean and it's there's there's, not, there's very few people there's who are actually as pioneering new territory or yeah I mean a few people are doing it but you know it's 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 becoming I, like it, it's not so much it's not so bad now but I think that if we keep going down this road our brains are going to turn into absolute mush you know because you don't need to years ago uh, if you tried to remember who the drummer was with Slade, you'd kind of say, oh, can't remember, can't remember. And then five five days later, you might say to your mate, mm. it was your man. I can't yeah, even remember yeah. his name yeah. now. Nowadays, you just go to Google and say, ah, yeah. Was, was yeah, it Don Powell? And I don't think Do you remember act- Slade? You're probably too young uh, to remember Slade. I remember Slade every Christmas. Yeah, yeah. No, they had other songs as well. I know. Because I, I, I love you. before my time. Goodbye to Jane. Yeah. Um, squeeze me, please me. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was a good one, yeah. But you're saying that I think as well because it's the immediacy of information that we don't absorb that information yeah. because we depend. We don't on need that to absorb Google it anymore. We have built but surely our brains are saying, "Hang on, can you put something in there for a little while?" And you'd imagine that that leaves space for you to be more imaginative or whatever, you know. But uh, but that it doesn't seem you. to be doing. Well, that that kind yeah. of thing gets me down. <laughs> See, but, uh, I'm, what I'm trying to get at, yeah. you know, they all say, you know, the comedians uh, and people like that. That they can be very morose individuals yeah. behind the scenes. Like we all do get down, and it's always when mm. we're at home with our families. Yeah, and that's okay. We isn't it? That. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. But you don't get too down. Like you no, don't. I don't. No, I can. I can snap out of it. What about this country, quickly. by the way? It pisses you off the most. Um, that you can't say it to your listeners on Today FM <laughs> that we'd well, say it on independent.ie which it's I hope you're going to give this a plug by the uh, way. Independent.ie. Independent. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, what gets me? Um, 
I um, well, people that, that that it's not so much politicians or whatever. They're do, doing their job and they're going to come along. They're going to be the same, you know, more or less. And they're being advised by their advisors. Uh, people who get me down are you know the way when there's things like uh, air shows on and all these. Do you know these people who drive around with their hazard lights on and they kind of they're they're, they're kind of uh, you know they they've got one little bit of power for like half a day or whatever, and mm. then suddenly they kind of they they they, they take it so seriously that that kind of thing kind of gets me down but I mean a lot of things don't really get me down these, they're the, the people, these are volunteers you'd see at big occasions and they got a little bit of power you can't do that yeah you can't do that you can't go there why not because I said so because it's my job to say so and you know and reminds me of one of the characters yeah. in Don Believables you can't right. get oh it. yeah, yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> you're not getting this hard okay, to yeah, pull yeah. your neck exactly, in and yeah, yeah, getting yeah, lively yeah, now yeah, exactly yeah. there's a lot of them around well observed by both yourself and indeed Pat Short and by the way, um, yeah. what about like what else gets you? Do you get pissed off with cyclists on the roads? Join my join my growing club of. We are concerned for cyclists because we're afraid of running over them. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, cyclists are fantastic. I mean, they've just built a they've just built a big uh, thing along Clontarf, which I see every day driving out. It's taken about a year and a half to build. Mm-hmm. You know, this this mm-hmm. cycle track. And I think they're going to take it right across to the south side, and it's it's you're going to be able to cycle all around Ireland eventually. But I still see guys cycling along. And for example, this morning when I was driving in, there was I was stopped at traffic lights, and a, 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 a cycle came by, and it was where the Lewis goes across uh, at the financial services centre. And like you didn't even look, just went straight through the red light because you know so they don't seem to stick to the same rules as yeah, the motorists really, have yeah, to yeah, I'm, 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 I'm canvassing people's opinion on this because yeah. if you say anything at all you get an awful trouble over it yeah. but the thing is that I worry about them because I wouldn't like to hit one of them seriously because yeah, yeah. accidentally they're, if they're careless and you yeah. hit them you're damned yeah. you're and you trouble. often hear the story about the, the you know the guys <coughs> who's turning left and there's a cycle cyclist on the inside and you're turning left you've, you've done your indicator and all that and you go around and suddenly they have to go around with you yeah. uh, as well which is it can be quite dangerous because if they keep going straight they're, they're dead meat basically you know and finally uh, I want to ask you about yeah. being oh, it's fine this is over already yeah, finally with the ads coming up now next um, <laughs> uh, no, uh, you're a family man yes your kids I should look at the kids you, your son Shane is is he 27 or is that 28 27 yes 27. he's 27 yeah uh, Evan is 23 he's 23 and Ashling is 21 so I have kids Correct. very close Ashling is 21 age, yesterday oh. Midsummer's Day oh so was there a party last night Twi- no it's on this Saturday because daddy had to get up early this morning no, we went out to dinner in Krabby Joe's and Holt, but uh, we're going. We're having the. She's got a marquee up in the the back garden, and it came early, so it's been there since Tuesday. So we're looking out of this big structure outside. Oh, but you, that's an example of where the where the job gets in the way of your life. You couldn't really just go out spontaneously have yeah. a twenty first birthday. Who has a twenty first birthday on a Wednesday night? Come on, Paul. Uh, I come from Leitrim. We'd party any night. We get next <laughs> but your your wife Jar and yourself, yeah. you've been married, sir. 30, 30 since years, thirty over thirty years, over thirty years, years yeah. yeah. Since nineteen eighty six, thirty one years this year, mad, isn't it? So crazy. Uh, what is the secret to a long li- being a good daddy and also long life with your wife and staying so young and fresh? She hasn't given you any grey hairs either. No, and she doesn't have too many herself. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for so the God. You're a bit like what you call her Annie Murphy years ago on the on the late late show. I'm not too bad myself. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, but yeah, we, we we've a very good relationship. We've been a, a relationship whereby we we talk to each other as friends. We're we've a good relationship in terms of romance or whatever. I wouldn't be the the most romantic person uh, around, but uh, we we get on well. We we don't hide anything from each other, and uh, I think we're realistic. Are the kids still living with you, by the way? Uh, two of them are. 
Uh, one of them is living in town now, Shane, uh, the eldest one, uh, and then Sh- uh, Evan and Ashling are still at home. Because you're around the same. My, mine is turns 28 Yeah. Uh, in a week's time. My son and my daughter turns 23 in August. Oh, very so good. So you and I were doing sort of similar things around the same yes. time, kind of thing? Yeah, indeed. What was yeah. it like, by the way, having little babies uh, um, and well, getting up every morning so early? I'm, I'm, uh, my wife, one of the things my wife would say is that I'm, 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 I don't show emotion very well. And I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't cry, didn't get up, you know, joyously kind of tearful or whatever when any of the kids were born. And I wish, I, I wish I had really, you know, that was the one of the things. I was in, it was Mount Carmel. We had the three children there. Uh, unfortunately, no longer there. But that we was had fantastic. ours there as well, yeah. Yeah, and that was like a hotel, wasn't it? Mm. I mean, I remember they famously said, and I'm sure they used it all the time. Says, "You're not sick, you know," and it basically fill your fridge with glasses of wine and you know so there was bottles of rosé and calippos and all this kind of stuff in the fridge so I mean it was uh, it was a great place and uh, I think Bono had been in the week before or something like that with one of his kids uh, so it was one it was you felt it was kind of special it was cool, I remember yeah. Simon Young very good friend of mine mm-hmm. you've met Simon, mm-hmm. you? Simon yeah, yeah. and Simon and our, our middle guy Evan and his daughter Holly were born exactly the same day by the exactly the same uh, gynecologist uh, in Mount Carmel as well. So we need a lot of hip uh, clients around that oh, time. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. indeed. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. So you don't show emotion? I don't think I do, really, you know. Um, I think the time when I went into hospital that time, I showed a bit of emotion because Jerry came over to see me and I was in the hospital bed and I felt maybe that I wasn't in control anymore. And I was, I remember saying sorry to her and sorry that I wasn't able to be there, that I had to stay in the hospital bed. And I got a bit emotional there. And yeah. that was kind of, I, that was a time I remember. And uh, I'm even thinking of it now. I'm kind of saying, oh, geez, I don't want to feel like that again. You know, so it was a life changing. Yeah, it was a bit of a life changer. But, uh, but you have a great view of the world, though, Ian Dempsey. You are what it says on the tin, baby. I have indeed. And uh, I'm just about to go. Oh, no, I better not say that. <laughs> Ian I just got I just about to go I'm a meeting with our CEO uh, about my new contract so oh, good. That, <laughs> so that's a good outlook to have just before the good I thing do about that. you having that kind of meeting at the moment means that I won't don't have to have that kind of meeting at the moment <laughs> Ian exactly. it's, it's, it's been a real pleasure mate I'm well, really delighted ah, thank you and, and long may you, you continue a, to entertain thank people thank you very much and, and I'm an admirer of yours too and, and uh, I know <laughs> love you long time love you long time thanks <laughs> Ian cheers man you met her too <laughs>